Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. Nope. How are you? What's going on? Well, this is not one of my stories, but I wanted to tell you this funny thing that happened to me last week, which is the definition of one of our stories. But... um, And then this isn't my news story, but I just caught this in the paper today. (laughs) (laughs) Is so uh, for my I have another podcast called RuPaul's Drag Race Recap available in iTunes and also at RuPaul's Drag Race Recap.com. Just Drag Race Recap.com. Oh, Drag Race Recap.com. Yeah. And uh, we're going to try something in terms of marketing the show. So I, I wanted someone from the show, a listener from the show, to help me with that. So I contacted listener of both RuPaul's Drag Race Recap and Catching Up, listener Jordan Darley. Mm, okay. Okay. And there's some sort of song that goes with his name. Yeah. Jordan right? Darling, which is uh, a take on the Beatles song, Oh Darling. Okay. Okay. So I contact him via Twitter. I private message him. And I say, hey, can I talk to you? And he schedules a time for me 24 hours from when I message okay. him, which is great, right? And phone so, call? Phone call. He okay. lives in Texas. And so he says, can I call you at 4 p.m. your time? And I go, By the way, anyone who hasn't ever talked to Joe on the phone, you're in for an hour-long catching up episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, that's part of the story. Do you know this already? No, what? Okay. So, it really, you really do kind of just, I mean, we just, how long were we on the phone before we started recording? I know, that's true. And we, we really stopped were. the phone call because we're like, we're basically doing a show. Let's just go record it. Okay. <laughs> I did tell you things that I can't tell on the show anyway. So anyway. True, true. So right before, because it really was supposed, it wasn't supposed to be a one hour of a catching up episode, you know, with Jordan Darling. Where does he live, by the way? He lives in Texas. So right before Jordan's gonna call me, like at four, he's calling me at four o'clock, and I have to give it to Jordan. He called me right at four, which I totally appreciate and admire. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like at three fifty-five. Uh, a friend of the show who he and I are doing a project together. You and I just talked about him, right? I don't okay. want to get into it. You know who I'm talking about? I totally don't. But go ahead. I'm just gonna tell you and then bleep it out. Oh right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. He messages me and he says. Oh, so we're going to see you tomorrow, right? Okay. I had forgotten that I was supposed to, and I had all the stuff I needed to do uh-huh. for that meeting. Like, I so much know, stuff. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. print things. And, like, like, <laughs> yeah. Mike, and, like, grow a beard. Grow a beard. <laughs> um, become straight and get married. So, I had so many things I needed to do, and it was four o'clock, right? Oh, shit, And I yeah. was like... I don't know what to do. Like, literally, like he's telling me this two minutes before Jordan Darling calls, right? Right. And then and Jordan, it's like a shit your pants kind of shit, fr- total shit your pants moment. Like I've done, I had forgotten about it. I thought it was a week later. That's what it was. I didn't yeah. think it was the next day. Gotcha. And and he was confirming to see you tomorrow. And I was like, how polite of him though? Like yeah. he, you know, he knew. That oh, that was polite, he probably you know? did. If he wouldn't, told, I wouldn't have shown up. Right. You know, so. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so fucked, right? So in, when I, in, in life, when that happens to me, I just like to go to a faraway place and pretend that it's not happening. As I've talked about in the show, I often go to sleep. Right. You know? But I knew Jordan Darling was coming, so I couldn't go to sleep. So that added to what was supposed to be a one-minute phone call. 
I decided that was the appropriate time to have an over one hour phone call with Jordan Darling. And like, Mike, so let me tell you this. He, he and God bless Jordan Darling. He is like the biggest fan of Drag Race Recap of of catching up. Is Jordan Darling his real name? Yeah, isn't that weird? It's his real name. Yeah, it sounds like a like a a fake podcasting name. Bobby Trendy, kind of. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, just has like a fake name kind of. Yeah, thing. it does. I'm sure he gets that all the time. So he's super into it in the beginning. He's like. Because he has that, like, Texas accent. He's like, oh, this is so great, y'all. Like, I just, it's weird because I've just been listening to you talk on the on the podcast for all this time. I never thought, I'd never thought I'd have a conversation with Joe Batance on the phone. So, of course, this is totally feeding, feeding yeah. my ego. I'm like, oh, sure. well, you know. He's like talking to a celebrity, talking to me on the phone. Some like, people t- use drugs. Joe just likes talking to Twinkie boys. Yeah. I give him compliments. <laughs> yes. If you're a Twinkie boy... <laughs> who gives it he's like at one point he goes how old do you think i am and i because i knew he's a grad student so he's a grad student i'm like i don't know 25 26 he goes i'm 22 and i'm like oh well you just happen to be in the right age group hi jordan darling yeah you cover the receiver and you're like honey clear the books <laughs> <laughs> clear my schedule <laughs> so anyway um so Jordan Darling and I were talking for a so in the beginning, he's like, I can't believe I'm talking to you in the phone. It's just like, I'm, I'm actually having, I've, all these times I've wanted to have a conversation, like just, you know, you listen to the show and you want to talk, now, now you're actually answering me. Mike, by an hour in, you can tell he was just like, uh-huh. <sighs> but I will say there was a really awkward moment where he was, he goes, something about the theme song, he goes, I, I bet you I know your theme song. And I go. All right. And so he goes, he starts, Mike, before I get to the joke, he sang the entire theme song, like word, word for, for word, word. knew oh, wow. all the lyrics. But there is a part where I've never, because ne- we've never had anyone sing the theme song to us, right? Sure. So he goes, he goes, Mike's in Oakland, chosen LA, they're boring and they're gay. And I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, and then you could tell, he goes, Joe Batanz. Uh, Latino slob. <laughs> He's uh, embarrassed because yeah. you're listening. <laughs> and lazy with no dumb. <laughs> Magic tricks and taco trucks. Like he's. <laughs> because now he's calling me fat and lazy to my. He's singing it to the person. Uh huh. So that was. So anyway, after an hour, he goes. I don't know who's on the phone right now. Hold, hold on for a second. I'll be right back. Oh, no. He goes, he goes, he goes Joe, stay right there. I'm just going to order some food and I'll be right back. And I go, okay. I wait like a minute and he goes, oh, Joe, a bad news. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> was it really that quick? Yes. It was like, I got to go. Bye. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I totally, he was, he, I wonder if he was like, well, never do that again. Like, I'm. It would be awful. Mike, I just wore out one of our fans. Our biggest did you fan. Get, did you get whatever you needed out of that conversation besides the the self-gratification? Well, I guess. No, because then there was a self-emulation. Um, e- well, you I, said you were looking for like... Well, looking for a distraction. Feedback, so, yeah, I was totally... Feedback distra- for some, something you were doing oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It wasn't feedback. He's going to help us with something. And you got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. a, that was a thirty second. That was the first thirty seconds, right? And then it was just like I was like, oh, so. And then I was like, do you have any? Because like he ran, we ran out of catching up questions, right? Right. And then he, but they uh, just need to give you like a little morsel. They have to say like, 
Um, I'm, I could think of specific examples. Like, I like to make quilts. And there you go. Joe's suddenly the editor of, like, Quilters Monthly, and he knows everything <laughs> about quilts. And if he doesn't, he has 10 questions to ask yeah. about. Well, I'll keep you in stitches. Know. Yeah. <laughs> like jokes <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, anyway. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, what's funny is then I was just trying to keep him on the phone at a certain point, right? Because then, cause then I knew when I hung up, I was going to have to deal with the drama. Yeah. So I would be like, oh, so he had all his catching up questions. Well, do you have any questions about Pod as my co-pilot? <laughs> but a show, I don't know anything about these people. Like, I listen to the show, but I'm not like some of these people who go back and listen to every episode. But you are friends with the host. Yeah, I'm friends but- with the host. And I think he actually did ask a question. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ask them. Why are you asking me? Yeah, I don't know. How would I know what Taffy's kids do for a living? I don't know. <laughs> You know? That's funny, yeah. But he did have a lot of Mike Lawson questions and Joe Batant's questions, and he sang the theme song, and of course, RuPaul's Drag Race questions, and so that was nice. And Jordan Darley, I'm sorry that uh, I wore out the welcome. But guys, for any of you who out there who are like, God, I'd, I'd really like to talk to Joe Batant. No, you wouldn't. This is what happens. <laughs> is I'll keep you on the phone. For, I, no one likes to talk more than Joe Batant's. Yeah, trust me, I've taken months off from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, That's sh- for the reason why the joke where you're like, every single week, that's the reason the joke works. Yeah. Well, also, like, when you come back months later, and you're like, okay, Joe, hey, sorry it's been a couple months. Yeah, no, anyway, so Richard, like, I'll just go right back into, like, right where we're like, Joe, it's been three months. And I'm like, uh-huh. And Evil John, we went to the liquor store, and he'd try to buy a toy, and John Paul wouldn't let him. I'm like, ugh. You know, that's that's what I do to people. I just sit there and wait. I wait. Mike, Mike, look at listen to me right now. I yeah. just did a podcast less For than an hour ago. For a story you said. No, no, less than an hour ago. Oh, and this story you just told me was not one of your stories you said. Yeah. You did 15 minutes here. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> what's going on with you? Um. Well, Joey. By the way, wait, wait, wait I'm sorry, sorry. Quick show business. Before, when we were talking, I'm like, I guess I can do this as a other thing as a story. I have no stories this week. Remember? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I can do that as a story. I, I don't have any stories. Sorry. And I just did a story on – it wasn't even a story. Sorry. Go ahead. So, Jordan Darling, thank you for putting up with that. I sympathize. I understand. <laughs> and then um, also, Joey, when does RuPaul's Drag Race Recap come back? That's funny. Is RuPaul's Drag Race Recap returns. The premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race is on uh, Friday, March 24th, and we should be out sometime the weekend – we're going to record on the 25th. Mike, do you know who our first – we're going to have a rotating uh, third host. You know, it's going to be oh, myself. Wait, so it's going to be you and – Taylor the Latte Boy, and we have a rotating set of third hosts. Do you know who the first host is? Who? Mike Lawson of Catching Up. Oh, he's a good catch. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, great. And they can find it at RuPaul – I mean, sorry, DragRaceRecap.com or just search RuPaul's Drag Race Recap and you should – be able to find it here's the great thing about calling your show we didn't do this on purpose but calling your show rupaul's drag race recap if you just put in rupaul on itunes we come up or drag race or um fat dead pig corpse you made that joke twice already but we've only been recording yeah that's yeah that's 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 a call back to a joke i made off the air what happened was (laughs) (laughs) i told mike that I went somewhere and I saw a guy. I go and I go. Don't be offended. I said, but he looked exactly like you. And I didn't understand why that would be offensive. And then Joe proceeds to tell me that anyone who says, yeah. you look like somebody," they will look like Joe Batanz. When they tell me Joe, I saw someone who looks like you. It's always like a dead pig, or something. 
Anyway, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Um, this weekend, uh, Steve and I were going to the movies, and we have talked on this podcast and probably off the podcast about how Steve and I don't see eye to eye on movies no. at all, like pretty much at all. Okay. Um, and that's okay. I mean, oh, we do both like Pixar movies, so that that you know that's a given. That's easy for us to kind of agree on. But everything else, it's a Mike movie or a Steve movie. Okay. Steve's my boyfriend, by the way, if you're just tuning in. Um, and so this weekend, we can ask Steve a question. And, yeah. Do you, does Steve dread watching your movies the same way you dread watching his movies? I would say it's pretty equal. Okay. By the way, Steve has started listening again, so he might <gasps> oh, give us some yes. feedback on okay. this. But, All right. um, I, I would say it's pretty equal. I think our reactions are very different though. Like, I feel, <laughs> and maybe I should bring this up with him before I talk about it publicly. So this might be a conversation we have in the next few days before this comes out. But I feel like I am always willing to see his, even if I know I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. Where on the flip side, he is more of a like compromised person. Like this one looks way too awful, but that one I think I could stomach. Do you mm-hmm. get me? Yeah. No, I so get like it. he compromises in a different way. I go. I enjoy my popcorn. You, and sometimes I'm surprised by a movie. Get Out, for example, was not on my list, and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's different. I think he pretty much dreads the kind of movies I want to see all the time, though. So this weekend we went out to dinner. We're kind of hanging out, and we're like, you know what? Or you know what? It was breakfast because uh, it was in the morning and Saturday. And then we're like, you know what? Let's go uh, by the movie theater and see what's playing. Steve was really into seeing Logan, this new Wolverine movie, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that yet? No, but I might have to see it because everyone's talking about how good it is. Yeah, I've heard really good things too. Uh, I like but seeing. He, I also like to support movies that start gay people. Like, so. So he's like, you know what? Um, as we're like driving to the theater or sitting at dinner, he's like, or breakfast, he's like. You know, there's a a screening of Logan coming up at our favorite theater, and this is the time. And so we go to the theater. We're pretty much on time for the screening of Logan, right? And when we get there, uh, they also have this um, not Fandango. What's it called when they do like beam to the movie theater events? Um, oh, I know. Okay, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. So they had one of these events, and it was a, a, a rescreening, actually, because they already did the first one, and then they decided, because it was so popular, they would do it again. Uh, the, it's a, a screening of a stage production of Newsies, the Broadway musical Newsies, right? Oh, my God. Starring a lot of the Broadway cast, some of the traveling cast, too, and something that Steve and I had talked about and I was like I really want to go see this but I I know you don't want to see it and he like kind of bit his lower lip and he's like I'll go if you want me to which basically I talked myself out of going to see it right but like what are the chances that as we walk up to the theater it's starting in 15 minutes oh god yeah and so Steve is like well if you really want to see it we will and I was like well if you would rather go to Logan we will and this is the first time where it's like not pre-established before we go to the theater we just kind of showed up and 
what are the odds that these two things we both know each other really wants to see is playing? Wait. What would you do? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you guys have been dating for how long? Um, Two years. Two and some change. That's a tricky one. Cause I'm one I bet you like the Johns who've been together for like 18 years, right? I could date yeah. their relationship. Is <laughs> And I would, too. You kind of are. Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> God, if they didn't listen to the show, I would tell you something. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> I'm fucking them is what I'm trying to say. Is no, I just I'm, I'm I don't know who I feel more sorry for in that whole situation. <laughs> anyway, but I, I think with them, I don't know though. I figured they'd be like, "Well, see you, see you in two hours." <laughs> like, I suggested it. Oh, you? Did? I suggested it. Yeah, but I feel like it was a little bit weird. And so we walk up to the thing and I was like, you know what? Let's just see Logan then. As I told you before, I feel like I kind of just like zip my lips more often when it comes to movies where he is more of a like, let's compromise. And I really don't want to see this one. Right. Let me ask you a different question. I have two more questions that are important to me. One, is this the only time they're showing newsies? Yeah. So there you go. So as we're walking up, he was like, I was like, whatever you want to do, like, let's just do that because I'm not. You know, I'm not really going to die if I don't see it, whatever. And he's like, well, we could just see Newsies later, another time. And I was like, oh, it's the last screening. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally in 15 minutes or never. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could potentially put it on a DVD or something. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what the, the rights are difficult. No, I don't know what the story is. But I did go with the Johns, actually, to go see one of those beamed productions yeah. of Company with uh-huh. um, Neil Patrick Harris. I saw it too. Yeah. Oh, you did? It yeah. took over two years for them to get on DVD. Yeah, it was a long time. I have it on DVD Me too. too. Um, but I uh, kind of, right before we walk, we made the decision and then he said, we'll just see that Newsies another time. And I was like, well, this is the, like, th- th- this is the screening. This is the only time. It's an event, right? Yeah. So we go up and he decides then at the last minute, let's go see Newsies then, right? So we buy those tickets. But by the way, $20 a seat. Ugh. And also, we were probably one of like 15 people in there. Why couldn't we just buy tickets to any old show and then just walk into that theater, you know? Yeah. Why? But anyway, it was great. Um, oh, so you went to Newsies. We saw Newsies. <gasps> we'll probably see Logan this weekend. Um, I'm actually more excited about Logan this weekend. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Do you guys split? Like, does one person pick up the other person's tab, or do you guys split it? Yeah, we usually, I mean, one, we never, like, um, we're at a point where we don't, like, split checks, Mm -hmm. right? We don't say, like, I'll pay for half of this. Somebody is buying 100% of everything, but Mm -hmm. we just kind of kick that back and forth, if that makes sense. So somebody was buying the movie tickets. Somebody bought the concessions. I feel you have to buy the Logan tickets. Sure. Well, what's funny is when we went up to get the Newsy tickets, <laughs> and this is just very Steve, too. Like, we're at the ticket window. She tells us the cost, and Steve is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> by, by the way, it, once he understood the ticket price, he doesn't have, like, a problem with it. It's just, like, everything has to stop while he kind of, like, figures that out. Yeah. So it was his – um, for some reason, I don't, I don't remember if I bought breakfast or something. Like, he intentionally said, like, movie tickets are on me then. 
And so when we got to the movie tickets and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had my credit card was already in the woman's hand because I'm oh, not about to like yeah. have this like conversation where – you know what I mean? So I – but I will buy Logan yeah. tickets. If you're listening, Steve, uh, you're awesome and I'll buy Logan tickets. He also, by the way, uh, my birthday's coming up in a couple of weeks and – This is big. This is big for you to, to admit that. Yeah, I don't – well, I don't love celebrating it, which is kind of – and it adds to the story a bit. Um, he asked me if he could buy me a, a, a – he knows that I'm kind of like in the market for a bike. I want to buy a road bike so him and I could bike together specifically. But also I think I can kind of ride it to work. I can – you know, whatever. My last one was stolen. I haven't had one since. So he asked if he could buy me a bike for my birthday. And I said, no. Like the bike I want specifically – I. <laughs> My concern was I didn't want to pick a bike based on what I wanted him to pay. I wanted to pick the bike I wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I struggled to say like, this is the bike I certainly want. But if you don't want to pay that all all of – I don't know. I didn't want to like split hairs over that. This is my social anxiety to a T right here. Like overanalyzing who's going to pay what. And it's not like are we now buying each other $100 birthday presents? Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. Not that, like, I have to buy him a present that's equivalent to the present he bought me, but I do feel like we're kind of entering a thing where, like, he bought me a bike, so now how do I counter that? I don't know. And I I also know when he's listening, he's going to be like, I don't need presents from you, and I think that's great, but I do, I don't know, I overthink that kind of thing. Let me ask you this question. What happened with that cardboard bike? I never had a cardboard bike. Do Do you remember that was a thing? Yeah. Remember that was, they, that was supposed to come out, the cardboard bike, and it was going to revolutionize the world? Could they get wet? Yeah, there was some sort of weird industrial cardboard that could get wet and everything like that. Oh, oh, oh. I would imagine it would be similar to, like, um, the material of, after you said that, the material of, like, political signs, like yard signs. Mm-hmm. That's oh, I no, yeah, I know. It was some sort of, like, weird, like, super, super... Corrugated plastic. Yeah, but, like, you, you couldn't even tell it was cardboard. That's how intensely, like, but it was, like... And I think each bike was going to change the world because it was going to be, like, it was going to max out, like, 50 bucks. So if you lost the, it, it wouldn't be, like, the end of your world. Right. There... By the way, solution to the bikes or resolution to the bike story is I found a bike I really wanted that was, that needs to be assembled yourself. So it was like maybe $100 cheaper than what it probably could have been. And who's going to assemble it? Me. It, it's not that difficult. I mean, it's a lot of it is in order. But also, so Steve purchased it. It's already at my house. I need to assemble it. The thing that I'm going to do, Joey, is I will assemble it and then I'm going to bring it to the bike shop near my house and they do like a tune-up. So they like make sure everything's tight and everything's on right. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an expense that I will incur and will make me feel better about the price that Steve then bought for this bike. What's up with you? For the past um, month, I've been going to this playwriting class in East LA. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At this like small, it, it's founded by the woman who wrote "Real Women Have Curves," Josefina oh. Lopez. Yes. Real Woman Have Curves. And it was a movie that America Ferrera was in? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she's the founder of the, the woman who wrote the play, or I don't know what it was. And they turned it into, she, I think she wrote the screenplay as well. Uh, she she founded this small theater, a theater, and it really helps the community. So they had this, this 
really cheap playwriting class for the community. Okay. So Richard and I decided to take it partially because we knew it'd help us write and force us to write, but we also felt it was giving back in a weird kind of, we benefit and we're also helping, we're supporting this program. And, and so we, we thought it was a good thing. So. And deadlines I think are always good. Like, yeah. This has to be done by Tuesday. Then you actually will do it, even if it's shitty the first time around. Yeah, you yeah. Got something on paper. Exactly. Yeah. So we thought we are benefiting. They're benefiting. Everyone wins. So as the class is approaching a month ago, I look up who the teacher is, and he has the. He's also a community college teacher at Pasadena City College. Oh wait, the playwright of Real Woman Have Curves is a man. No, 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 no. This is a guy. She's not teaching this class. Oh, it's a different one. yeah, she just founded the oh, theater. Oh, oh, oh. But oh, 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 we, she comes she comes back later. She'll come back later. Okay. So this guy is named Juan Carlos. And Juan Carlos is a is a community college teacher in writing or something at Pasadena City College. I look him up. He has horrible reviews on this rate my professor. Like horrible, like awful. Yeah. And so I tell Richard Richard, like, oh, don't pay attention. Like, don't pay attention. That's just disgruntled students. Oh, for those of you who are new to the show. I have a gay cousin named Richard who's a week younger than me and gay. And, um, and for some reason, your impersonation of him just got really weird. <laughs> oh, don't do it. <laughs> well, he, he doesn't think – that's actually a better impersonation than what I usually do. He does go like, no, shut up. That's how he kind of talks. <laughs> anyway, so it's always yelling at me. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so Mike, let me just tell you this. This class is both wonderful and <laughs> – infuriating he is okay he's maybe one of the worst teachers i've ever witnessed like okay. l- look i know i complained about marguerite my english teacher that i but i had problems with her bringing her politics into the classroom but she actually was a really good teacher still taught you stuff yeah yeah, yeah. there would be like an agenda at each class like you would go you would show up and she had things she wanted to accomplish that day part of it being indoctrinate donald trump into <laughs> us right but at least you uh-huh. could appreciate she had a plan for the day All right this guy <laughs> It's just like, well, um, like, like the, this is called the name of the class. The name of the class is Introduction to Playwriting, right? And it's okay. packed. There's like 10, 12 Mexican people in it, right? Uh-huh. The first day is all like, first of all, he's 15 minutes late the first day. Then he takes 15 minutes like, uh, I got to make some copies. And then he goes and makes like copies for 15 minutes. Like, we don't even start the class until 7.30. Doesn't teach us that he just hands us like things like here's what a play's supposed to look like. Uh-huh. And that's literally all the instruction he's done in that class. And then what we do is every week we just bring in stuff that we're working on and we critique it. The group critiques it. But he's never taught anybody in this. Luckily, I know how to write uh, you know, dramatic a uh, 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 a play or and I don't know how to write a play actually I'm teaching myself but I know how to write something in like a three act or you know an act format how a scene works I know dramatic structure I've, t- I've learned that somewhere else so, and same thing yeah. with Richard so our stuff is competent and we'll come back to that in a second everybody else Mike they write the most ridiculous plays I got, I have to find a way to get that material into our hands because there's one is an old lady, right? I actually love her. I love her. The stuff she writes, like she really literally wrote a ten minute play about a fight she got in her mom at a at a Chinese buffet restaurant. Okay. <laughs> is it like comedy or No, it wasn't a comedy. Okay. No. Then there's a guy who is like an ex convict who's 
Which actually, again, I I haven't told Richard this because I think he would think I was like, I don't know the right word is here, but like, I don't, taking advantage isn't the right word. I would love to produce his play, but I'd like I'd like to tell him what to do. He has the dialogue down; it's fucking hilarious, but he has no story. So yeah. just people talking at a funeral. And every week he brings a new dialogue from them at this funeral, and it's hilarious, but it's not going anywhere. And sure. then there's this guy who, I don't know what, he, it, like, he's written a whole play in two pages. And I don't know how to explain that. It'll be like, act one, scene one. Hey, what are you doing? Act one, scene three. And it's like literally three lines, and you're like, <laughs> and it makes no sense, and it goes, uh, act one, scene four, the person dies. Act one, scene six. And you're like, wait, what just, that's a whole, that's pages, uh-huh. right? And and well, Juan, he's maybe outlining. Yeah, Juan Carlos gives no guidance. Okay, he doesn't ever say like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is how. I'll, nope, it's just like, all right, next, who's reading their stuff next? So anyway, so Richard, the first time I read my stuff, Richard missed. It was Valentine's Day. We all know I don't have a Valentine, you know. So all sad people were in the classroom. Richard had to go somewhere. Juan Carlos's seat is has a scarecrow in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dead pig. <laughs> so, anyway, so Richard wasn't there to hear my first time I read. Then Richard read last week, okay? I said, because we had to critique it, and I said, oh, you know, Richard has really good listen. You know, his dialogue is really good. I like this. I like that. Everyone, give, and Richard sits, sits there, and he goes, thank you, everyone. They all, you know, they give their two cents. Yeah. So, last night, I read my revised draft. Or the people that I don't you don't read it the the, act, the class actually acts it out for you, which is also great because you get to hear horrible actors. <laughs> sure, they're like, but they're not in there for acting. No. but sure. Why sure. are you going to pick up that rock? I don't know. So anyway, so you guys don't have a copy in front of you. You're relying just on the acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can print oh, as wow. many copies as you want. Oh, the ex-convict, by the way, this is fucking phenomenal. The ex-convict doesn't have a computer. No. <gasps> So he writes it all in notebook paper? Multiple times, because he has to give everybody a copy. Wait, they don't have, like, a copy machine? He- they, they do. He has, that hasn't occurred to him. Oh, my God. So he literally goes, uh, and it's, like, literally. T- he doesn't have a pencil either. He, like, has a sharpened, <laughs> like, fork. He just he gets charcoal. And he just, like, he just rubs his hands together over a rock. Yeah. And then, anyway, he. Um, oh, my so, God. So, you, so when, you, when you read his plays, it's just, like, ripped out notebook paper that he's handwritten the play. Okay? Oh, my God. So, anyway. I, okay. I kind of love that. Anyway. So, yesterday, I do, they, they do my revised. This is the first time Richard's ever heard it. Okay, and Juan Carlos goes around the room. He's like, "Anybody have any thoughts?" Everyone gave their thoughts. The only person give their thought didn't give their thoughts. Richard, your cousin, really said nothing. Well, did he? I mean, he has your ear whenever he wants it. Yeah, but he's even. I talked to him today. Didn't comment today. I've heard nothing. Well, I don't think that that's that awful. Are you? You're saying you're critical of this because you feel like I don't like know if I'm critical of it. I don't know. You, I don't know if it means. Feedback? I don't know if it means he hates it, or if he means I didn't have anything to say because it was fine. Like I don't know anything. Yeah, I think you are ultra sensitive at this this kind of point in showing your work to other people, right? Like it's a common reaction for you to think like. Silence means they hate it. Compliments mean they're just trying to be nice and they hate it. If they say negative things, they hate it more than the negative things they said. 
right? Like, you are ultra-sensitive right here. Oh, it's funny you say that. I was talking to Richard today, and we were talking about the... Oh, I was talking about how Richard and I gave constructive criticism to Ralph, the guy who handwrites the scripts, who's the ex-convict. Mm-hmm. And that he doesn't... To, the what I was saying was it didn't appear Ralph was really taking it in. He only cared what Juan Carlos said. Okay, and Richard was like, "No, he totally took in what we said. He totally appreciated what we said. He totally listened." And I go, "I like to project that people don't listen." He goes, "I know." <laughs> he goes, "You like to project that no one cares what you say or 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 they discount everything you say." Huh. So I don't know. It, well, remember when friend of the show Tom Colton read something that i wrote and he was like it's fine and i kept him i might not talked about i might not talk about this on the show um i kept him on the phone for like an hour no i don't remember that that was a whole other that was like two years ago on valentine's huh. day actually oddly enough whoa yeah so um remember his valentine's day his richard sister was having a party and tom colton said like oh i read your script i thought it was it was good and I was like, what does that mean? Like, I was like, what does that mean it was good? That doesn't, what? It, what does that mean? Like, it's good. Or does that mean, like, it's good? Like, what does that mean? And, oh, my God. Poor Tommy Colton. Poor Tommy Colton. What are, what are you doing with this play? Like, is this, are you really working towards having a final product? Or is it just an exercise for you? No, I'm personally working towards having a final product, which is so funny because in my head, like, so the one thing I wrote for this, for this piece was um a little scene mm-hmm. right and um and and i'm, I'm on to expand and write a, a full play throughout the course of this class or maybe even start the process of it and uh, i was talking to a friend of the show john paul who we know is in a position I'm trying to find yeah. right way he, he there's a there's something at his job that they, they need scenes mm-hmm. for uh up and coming actors that they want to look yeah. at but they use also they tap into writers to write these scenes and he's like oh do you think we could use this scene and immediately i got super self-conscious and he was like it needs to be this 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 and this and i was like oh it actually it actually fits all that criteria and anyone else would be super excited i got like a panic attack because mm-hmm. he was like does it have two people in it i go yeah does it have this and this i go mm-hmm. oh we should do it and i was like no a lot of my work with my therapist has been built around kind of a – if you're going to really kind of generalize, a fear of failure, right? Yes. And I think yours is the opposite. There's like a fear of success. Like <gasps> oh. it's almost like maybe those two things – ask a therapist, but maybe those two things are very closely related. I don't know. But it feels like we've got some similar problems. Well, you have that – Um, you have the computer right at your fingertips. My computer will sh- shut down if I type anything. But there's that famous Marianne quote. What's her most famous quote? It's like, our deepest fear is not that we are not – no, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are adequate beyond measure. Hmm. And I think maybe, yeah, maybe that sort of captures it. Which is so huh. funny because I have no problems helping other people. Um right. Yeah, I don't want to get too into it, but I've been helping other people. I shouldn't be in a position to be helping them. They, they, I should, they should be helping me, and I'm helping them. And I'm like, why don't I become Mr. Helper? But right. it's easier for me to help people than it is for me to help myself. Isn't that interesting? We are weird people. And not just you and me. I'm saying, like, people are weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a friend of the show, actually, Larry Flick. Uh, wrote me a text message this morning. It was very nice. And he said, first of all, by the way, there were six of alls. It was first of six. But first of six was, 
you are an amazing storyteller. I don't know why you're not famous. I was like, um, because I'm a fucking afraid of everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Thank you. What's going on with you, Mike Lawson? Uh, Joey, I think I told you last week that I was doing some diabetes event this weekend. And it was actually in like South Bay, I guess they call it, the south part of the bay. Um, And it was pretty much all day on Sunday. But uh, what I didn't know last week, um, I was planning my whole weekend around this event but I had thought it was Saturday. Oh, so well, I've been there. I, invite, I invited, oh yeah, right? I invited a friend. Um, all I uh, was getting all the printing done for mm. the event. I was, you know, making sure I had all the stuff in the right place. I even told Steve, like, let's, I can't hang out Saturday. Uh, because it was in the South Bay, I had to do a zip car to get there. So I reserved a zip car to get to this event on Saturday. And then on Friday... I was chatting with the friend that was going to um, meet me there. And I was like, see you tomorrow. And she was like, wait a minute. I thought it was on Sunday. So then I look up the registration and, you know, go through emails. Son of a bitch. It was on Sunday. So uh, it wasn't, I mean, being prepared a day early is better than being prepared for a day late, right? So I, I was fine on most stuff. But the complicated part was my reservation of the stupid car. So I go on to – if you don't know Zipcar, I, they have them in the Bay. Do they have Zipcars everywhere? I don't even know. They that. have them in Los Angeles, but they're not – the way this is the nature of Los Angeles is not as convenient. But I suppose sure. you could Uber to the Zipcar location. Oh, so but you know the, what? I met what? someone recently, but I cannot remember the name of the fucking company because someone asked me that day. I met someone who worked for a company that was like Zipcar. Yeah. But they drive you – they drive the car to you. Oh, yeah. And then the person who drives it, the company pays for an Uber to take them back to a central location. Huh. So I – if you don't know, you can rent the car by the hour. It's generally cheaper than a a rental because rentals are usually by the day. Um, And and when you get to renting a car for, you know, eight hours like I was, then that kind of is the point where you should start maybe shopping around to rent a car because it's not cheap – to do it unless you're kind of doing it for small windows and you pick up the car and you return the car at the exact same spot. There's little parking spots all around me. In fact, there's three that I can walk to from my apartment. So you just go online, reserve the car, go pick it up, whatever. So my reservation was for Saturday. Wait, where's the key? It's in. So you open the car using your zip card membership card. So you hold that to a little thing on the window and Uh the doors unlock. Oh, and the keys inside. Um, there's also a gas card inside. You don't pay for gas oh. while you're renting it. It's all all included. So um, I change my uh, my time to from Saturday to Sunday, and there is a fee to do it, but it's like twelve dollars. It's my mistake. Shoot, right? Like I that that's what happened. Um, and it was a bummer. So I go to the event. Everything's fine. Uh, the event is actually, I want to say boring, but maybe uneventful is a better word. Like it was successful. It was work. Done. So I'm leaving the event and I carry everything out to the car. And oddly, the remote allows the car to unlock the doors. The hatchback opens. I put all of the shit in the hatchback and close it. And then when I open the driver's side door, the alarm goes off. 
and I like fiddle with the remote, you know, unlock. There's like an emergency button. I'm pushing all the buttons, nothing. So I have to like leave the area because I can't hear because the alarm is like blaring. And I call Zipcar. And when I call their customer service, they knew exactly who I was like immediately. Oh, weird. And because I guess when I switched the days, I am almost positive the time was correct. But he said that when I switched the days, I switched it from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So they think from 7 a.m. until like 3 p.m., they think this car is stolen. (gasps) So there was an alarm on it. I mean, they were very nice. Like, I explained the situation. There was no – they didn't second-guess that at all. I guess, you know, they have GPS tracking on these cars, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm actually sure because they could tell you – they tell they can map out your route and stuff. Um, but anyway, um, so I had to switch my times. It was a pain in the ass. I ended up sitting in that parking lot for a half an hour when I'm just ready to leave. And I get on the road. I get home. Uh, that is that. Then I look at my bank statement uh, a couple days later, mm-hmm. and Joey, the entire ordeal, according to them, uh, every there's like five c- charges from them, <gasps> and it totals almost four hundred dollars. <gasps> Why <laughs> for for a day? Why? Well, that's a thing. I mean, it's just uh, on my bank statement. It's like zip car, zip car, zip car, zip car, zip car. S- one of them is like. Um, I think the highest one is probably $190 and it, they range. So from like $50 to 190 somewhere in there. I don't know. They're just like all these charges. So I call to get an explanation. But part of me, I mean, I do admit that I made the mistake from the Saturday to Sunday thing, mm-hmm. but that's not a, a $400 mistake, no, right? No, So I call, I mean – I would have just canceled and I could have taken an Uber mm-hmm. there and back for significantly less than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it might have been a hundred dollar Uber ride, but if it, the ride's going to be $400, right? Mm-hmm. So I talked to this customer service lady who agrees with me that it's outrageous. And she started to kind of explain to me like how to navigate in the app to get answers. And I was like, I don't need help on the app because if, this is a $400 charge that you're trying to explain to me. I'm just closing all this shit down. Like mm-hmm. I'm done with this. And so she ended up saying that it's wrong. All of the charges are wrong and they're reversing them. It'll take two business days and she doesn't know. She can't calculate herself what the charges should be. So I have to wait two business days to see all those reverses charge it, rever- charges reversed and then see the new charge. But that's what I'm dealing with right now. But oh, it hasn't happened for- yet? No, that was – it. I talked oh, to yeah, them today's... on Monday. So it should be happening anytime now. Yeah. I mean, I last time I checked my account, it hadn't happened. But it's not fucking ridiculous, That's ridiculous. Though, $400? That's ridiculous. So wasn't worth it. Um, and like I said, I could have taken fucking Uber limousine for that price. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. How far of a drive was it? It was like a – 45 minute drive maybe yeah i'm not sure all right what's going on do you have other stories for me yeah so last weekend we celebrated the birthday of richard's uh father for those of you who are new to the show i have a gay cousin named richard who's a week younger than me and gay and his father who is the cousin of my father 
had a birthday, and they had a few extra tickets to a performance of Zoot Suit at the Mark Taper Forum. And so they kindly, Richard and his family kindly invited myself and my parents to go along to Zoot Suit. And it's a musical, right? It's a musical. Yeah, but it's it's like... Is it a jukebox musical? No, it's like not. It, well, I guess technically it is, but it's not like anyone super famous. It's But is it songs you know? No, like when no, you hear them, you know them. No, no. no. You'd have to be a fan of this very obscure... Oh, I shouldn't have said that because now if Richard listens, it's going to be like, he's not obscure! This guy sure. named Lalo Guerrero. You know. Yeah, but he's not like a mainstream. No, 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 right. no, no, no. Right, right, right. But, um, but yeah, so... Uh, and uh, they're doing a, they, they're doing a revival here in Los Angeles because the 40th anniversary of the Taper and it was one of their big shows in the 70s. So Richard's very because Richard told because um, Richard seen it a, a few times and he saw J- John Paul and Evil John at one of the performances and told John Paul he had been waiting for this play for 30 years. Okay. okay? So we before we go to uh, see the play though to celebrate Richard's father's birthday we have dinner at uh, a very very nice restaurant in los angeles called broken spanish which i was worried about because my parents were going and my parents and i think i could see you saying your parents are the same way they're not really fine dining people sure you know it's mex they're not it's mexican food but like if it's very expensive and so like for instance like a plate of carne asada at uh broken spanish is 42 dollars (laughs) <laughs> right for yeah. for forty two dollars for my parents for carne asada, it better be literally the cow comes out, like an entire cow is on the plate. Okay, sure. And so I prepped them before we went, but I could tell like they were they my my dad's is like for my dad has the weirdest food. Like somebody bought a chili relleno, you know, <laughs> and he was like, I won't eat it. I don't eat anything with white sauce on it. You know, he won't eat anything that has white sauce on it. A ranch dressing, he would. Nope. nope. Oh, really? He won't eat anything white. And if you if you told him, he'd be like, "You know, I don't eat anything white. Why would you even offer that to me? I don't eat anything white." Right. So uh-huh. it just feels like a that's a very like little kid sort my of. My dad eats thing. like a child. My dad, my uh-huh. mom plays into it. He eats like a little child. Like he won't eat um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because it reminds him of being sick. He won't eat bologna sandwiches because it reminds him of being poor. He won't eat, like, there's, like, these weird... He, he's, he never liked eggs, but now he's made up that they make him sick, that he's allergic to them. Uh-huh. So he won't eat eggs. He won't eat anything white. He's now his new... Oh, he won't even eat anything that's turkey. <laughs> it's just, like, it's it's awful. Like, I was... T- he asked about couscous the other day, and I go, oh, yeah, it's better for you than... Ri-. You lost me when you said it was nutritious. <laughs> I was like, what? So he's a crazy person. So I just want, but this is what I'm dealing with. We're going to a, a restaurant where it's going to be $42 for like four slices of carne asada, which it was. And I could just tell they were just like, yeah, there was no, but they're food. not, they're not stupid people. Like they're going to go to a restaurant like that and bite their lip and oh, yeah, 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 they'll yeah. have that conversation. By in the, the car way, afterward. they liked it. They enjoyed it. They, they enjoyed the food. They were just like, I don't know why it's so expensive, you know? Um, but they weren't mad. They, I, I don't. I'm phrasing it like it had nothing. They weren't. They knew what they were doing. They weren't mad. They were prepared to play it. They, they had a great yeah. time. It was just. You just didn't want like sticker shock. Or yes, that's it. You confusion. know what? You're right. So the thing I did right was that there was 
I didn't so because I prepped them, there was none of that sticker shock. They went online, they looked at the menu, they saw the pictures on Yelp. They were prepped. So they had a great time because they knew what was coming. You nailed it. Okay. Smart. Yeah. So but I'm, uh, but I think Richard's parents had a little bit of sticker shock. I don't know. I've never talked to them, but I'm sure they didn't know. And I'm sure they were just like, "Whoa, <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> oh, this is not, uh, this is not El Cholo restaurant." Anyway, the, but the part I was really nervous about was seeing Zoot Suit. So Richard had already made it known that this play was very important to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. It got a great review in the Times. It got a great review in LA Weekly. No, no, it got a great review in the Hollywood Reporter. A so-so review in the LA Weekly. What I never told Richard was John Paul and the Johns didn't really like it. Okay. Chris and Mercedes saw it. They didn't really like it. So I already kind of go. <laughs> sure. So I knew he was going to ask my opinion. So I was super, super, super nervous going to see this. You did you read all those positive reviews? Because those, I mean, they're pick. They like something in there that they could help you with, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I gave you know I gave it a fair review. Luckily, so luckily when I saw it, my honest review I thought was was fine. Okay. Which was I do think it's an incredible play. The original director directed this production. Okay. okay, and they've only been produced like two or three times ever, and so my opinion is one: it's it needs a new director, it needs a fresh set of eyes, and it would be amazing, I think, if they got a new director who took it in a different direction. It seems very dated. It seems like almost like going to your grandma's house and all the furniture is like from the seventies, you yeah. know. And part two is there's a big role in it called El Pachuco. And it was played by uh, – the role was originated by Edward James Olmos and actually kind of made him famous. And this time it was played by Demian Bachir, who was in Chris's movie. That's why Chris and Mercedes went to go see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he – so when John, when Richard saw it with John Paul, the understudy was playing that role. And so to make this less boring, is essentially the understudy had the authenticity of being a Mexican-American but didn't have the charisma. Demian's from Mexico. He's not a Mexican-American, which I think is an important distinction. And so he had the, the charisma but didn't have the authenticity. And that role hmm. sort of needed both. It needs someone who has the charisma and the authenticity. So Richard accepted that review, and I think he agreed with it. So I was Is this clear. story solid? Like is it minus the acting, minus the director, like – it has the potential to be great, you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I think there are some weird story problems in that directing, I think, would hit fix it. Like, not nothing major, but, like, um, the, so the story is about uh, a Mexican kid was killed at this place called Sleepy Lagoon, and they arrested a bunch of Mexican kids just because, like, round up the usual suspects and charged them with the murder, even though there was no evidence that they killed him. Yeah. And so it's the, the play is about that and sort of being Mexican-American in the 70s, even though it took place in the 40s. And, um, yeah, so it's about that. It's about Mexican family. It's really, really, really good. It's just it has some weird parts to it. Anyway, this is not a theater review show. But the point the point of the story is I was so afraid that I was going to be in trouble if I didn't think this was the greatest music of all time. So, thank you. Well, good. And also, my parents don't know how to go to nice restaurants. That was a great story. <laughs> Look, uh, they all can't be gems. Happy birthday to Richard's uh, father as Great. well. Uh, hey, Joey. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco white guy becomes meme. San Francisco, 
I tried doing the headline the way you do it, and it just it's not natural for me. San Francisco. Try, try and do it again. Drew. Try and do it again. Try okay. do it again. San Francisco white guy becomes meme. Is that good? <laughs> I like it. San Francisco resident uh, Joe Drew Scanlon could never have known four years ago when he was participating in a video game site that he worked for called Giant Bomb that. A single reaction shot to his editor's lame joke would, in 2017, give birth to a meme. So Scallon is now known the world over as white guy blinking. Are you familiar with the meme, Joe? You're a Reddit person. You yeah, I have know. to see it, but I can't think of I know I've yeah. seen memes he like looks, that, but not that one. He looks a little like Michael C. Hall, um, six feet under. Is okay. that his name? I'm going to look it up right now. White guy blinking is what it's called? Yeah. And it's a gift reaction shot that's kind of gone viral. If you haven't already seen it 50 times, go ahead and Google it. White guy blinking. Um, but it, people are just kind of using it for all different things. But according to Know Your Meme, Scallon's pursed lips, wide-eyed blinking gif has been going around since 2015, but only in the last week or so did it achieve peak virality. According to this article, whatever the fuck that means, the shot was cropped out uh, and there's I guess it's just a talking head um, and there was other stuff in the shot that aren't that isn't there. It's just basically his face. And you've seen it now, Joe. Well, the gif won't play on the computer, but I can see the picture. Yeah. Does, and it looks familiar. Does he look like Michael C. Hall? I can you? see where you're getting that. Yeah. So he's he's a, in a meme now and he lives in San Francisco and he doesn't have he doesn't love that he's in it but he doesn't really say like he wished it would stop or anything like that mm-hmm. um but i thought it was interesting because he's from san francisco and i wanted to i thought maybe you would have had more opinions about the meme i've never seen it i can't see it won't show up on my uh on my on my web browser but let me say this i have a friend she's a comedian yeah she doesn't listen to this podcast not friend of the show not a friend of the show she lives in new york city Moved away from LA, but I follow her on Twitter. Her Twitter is so bad. Okay. And then yeah. she has these like horrible, corny jokes, like really corny. But she clearly wants to get memes going, doesn't realize you can't make it happen. And so she like sure. will have some shitty joke and then she takes that shitty joke and puts it, oh, she overlays it on a picture and then she oh, puts, uh-huh. she puts her Twitter handle on it too. So she'll put the, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, and it's a shitty joke. It's like, like I remember one of them was like, Warren Beatty didn't care about fucking over Moonlight since he'd already screwed half of Hollywood anyway. What? Yeah. I get it. But and you and you know this better than many people and I feel like memes uh something going viral, not even memes, but something going viral is almost like a like a glow in the dark star. Do you remember the stars that people used to put on the roof? Yeah. On the ceiling? If you look directly at it, you can't see it. Like, you have to look away and let it happen. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, you have to, as something like a parade, Marachi band on a parade float passes you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just have to upload all that shit and, like, maybe something. Well, that's the thing. But if you're you're searching for it, you don't find it. I never intended for that to be viral. I mean, that was, I meant that for you guys, my Facebook friends and maybe podcast fans to laugh at and they would get maybe 50 views. If they would have gotten 50 views or 100 views, I would have been so excited. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, it, it, if it's something you're intentionally doing, I think it automatically makes it un, 
uh, viral. Yeah, well, it lacks. Right? Speaking of what I, my review of Zoot Suit, it lacks that authenticity that people like. Like, remember that? Um, you know what's a good example? It's not me. Is that uh, Chewbacca woman? Yeah, you know she made that for her friends. It went crazy viral. I mean, she fucking God, I wish I was her. She made so much. She cashed. She cashed in. in. But like, has she tried to make more? Has she tried to be a thing? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. She. All of those are fail. Like, I'm sure they're getting more views than something I would throw up right now. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, but this also makes me think. So this guy has become part of this meme, but he kind of never volunteered for it. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, imagine if there was a shot of you going around that's viral and yeah. being used as, like, kind of the butt of the joke. But he made it like, He made it as a joke of himself, correct? Well, so what happened was one of the producers made a joke, and this was kind of his reaction oh, to, like, that's oh, a lame yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting used in different ways. Some ways I think is kind of true to his original use, but it's also getting used to kind of be, like – um white man sort of like there's something sort of negative about it too that i've seen it being used so i don't know it's it's, it's rough i think for some people like because i know that there's some people who who take to it very well like scum there's a reddit character named scumbag steve there's got good guy greg and i think those guys have actually taken to it kind of well but remember there was that case of the kid who went like crazy remember the one that this he was like one of the earliest memes the one with the star wars or the lightsaber Oh, I didn't know he went nuts. I think there's something something happened where he like really bad happened. It didn't, it didn't affect him well. Sure. And like it's weird because like you don't necessarily – these people are not necessarily signing up for fame in the way they're – I think a common argument for kind of like the invasion of privacy of you know actors or pop stars or whatever. Like they – are benefiting from that fame and they also kind of went into it seeking that fame whereas these guys a lot of times didn't i mean maybe they uploaded something to their facebook page you know yeah but but this also makes me think um so there's this new podcast missing richard simmons oh yeah we need to talk about that yeah and this is actually a decent time to do it because i feel my i i'm enjoying the hell out of it and i think you are you're, you're eating it up too but I feel like one thing that makes me uncomfortable, I felt the same way about Serial, is there, there is a real person that's a character in this thing that they didn't really, like, sign up to participate in, you know? And in Serial, like, the, I mean, it's it was the whole uh, victim's family. I felt like, they, like they, what if they don't want to have anything to do with well, this? Well, they, they, they openly said they yeah. didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, and that that was hard to. I'm finding entertainment in this thing that somebody else is provide. Like Richard Simmons' character, his story is providing me entertainment right now. But he doesn't. He never signed up to do this right now, and that it, that kind of is weird. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on the show? I know I'm curious. Yeah, how, how are you liking it? So I listened to the show as um. I, I told you, I, I didn't, Mike and I didn't get too into it because we were going to talk about it on the show, but I did share this with Mike that I kind of regret listening to it, not because I don't like it, I actually like it very much, but much like Serial, I don't want to stop listening to it. So now I'm bummed after like, I listened to the first three episodes and I was like, ugh, not going to wait for more. So I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to let them 
collect. And then when the show is done, I'll just burn through it. Because it's also a very short show. I like it very much. I think it's very well done. I do Mm -hmm. think the host does a good job of seeming... And I think it's a difficult... uh, It's it's a high wire act that's difficult to balance. But um, he does a good job of seeming sensitive to that and being careful and, and sensitive to Richard Simmons. But at the end of the day, yeah, he is... Um, using Richard Simmons, I can't for some reason that word escaped me, but um, he is using Richard Simmons' fame to to further his own agenda, and right. I don't know because to me the show can only end with some sort of confrontation with either Richard himself or with someone close to him, and I, I think even if you listen to the previews of the sh- you know when they do like this season on missing Richard Simmons. Mm-hmm. there's a sound clip of someone saying like they got a restraining order filed against them. Sure. So I don't know. It's, it's I, crazy. I'm curious to see kind of how it span, pans out. I do get the feeling he's recorded a lot of this, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. And it could even be, he had a story arc planned out before he even started releasing. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get the feeling that it's necessarily still, he's still in discovery kind of like, um, I mean, even they're releasing as they release like episode two, episode three is available on the paid Stitcher app. So he has stuff kind of already done and ready to go. Oh, yeah, and that's a smart way to do it. Cause that was sort of the problem with serial is, and that was actually my concern with this show is I felt with serial, like the first six episodes are even maybe eight episodes are stellar. Like they're so yeah. good. And then it's like. I think from nine through the end of the show, it's really it peters out. It's like it's a chore to listen to him actually, and yeah. um, maybe with this show, he he just because also I think that's how the Jinx worked. Was the Jinx? I think you know that I don't want to give away the ending, but you've seen the Jinx. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, that last moment, that that breakthrough moment. I think that happened early on in the process, and so they oh, and, and people sure. have questioned their ethics that they knew what they knew, and they still went forward. And right. didn't tell the police, or what did they tell the police? And I do remember reading that. If you don't know, Jinx is the HBO documentary about Robert Durst. Yeah, is that his name? Yes. And um, so that they had that in their back pocket when they were filming the rest of the documentary. And I think maybe maybe that could that could be the case here where they've already had they had it the the climax early in the show, and they just have to, they just have to now fill in all the blanks. I don't know. Right. Wait, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I've read I've read criticisms about that documentary specifically also kind of I'm I'm sort of using my memory to remember this and it's not the at its best right now but I think maybe Serial and this um murder show on Netflix whatever that oh, was um, making a murder making a murder yeah that like the blending of entertainment and making a public case for actual um, crimes is, or I, let's just say actual real life events is oh, difficult because like how I certainly want to have a good story arc. I want, you know, um, I, I want intrigue. I want all of the things that you need for storytelling about this. Are you a reporter? Are you a journalist telling the truth? Or are you, you know, a storyteller that's kind of filling in info and all of that that's tough well that's my problem with making a murder that's why i haven't watched it is i waited long enough to see all the the backlash against making a murder and that was one of my problems which i don't mind having a 
again, I think cereal is actually a perfect example of this. Cereal, she clearly had it in the bag for Adnan Syed, right? Yeah. But she still, in essence, was seeking the truth. I think journalistic the, yeah. kind of yeah. I think the difference making a murder, as we find out, is that they had it in the bag for whoever that guy is, but we're also leaving key elements of information out so that their story was more stark than it. I think that story. I think that case is more complicated than, right. than she presented on the show. It's certainly complicated, but this also goes back to kind of you bring this up all the time, and it's something that I now refer to when I talk to people when I'm talking about editing and stuff like that. Uh, the real world season, whatever, when she was like, you, do you know what I'm, where I'm getting, no. what I'm getting at? Well, maybe it wasn't you that always brought this up then, but there was a kind of a re- real world reunion. I think season two, was it with um, Puck and yeah. San Francisco? Mm-hmm. And someone was complaining about the editing. And then the response was like, they can only edit what you give them though. And so, and I feel like with making a murderer, like, Yes, you maybe left some stuff out, but there's also like a lot of stuff that was le- like that I saw with my eyes that is kind of crazy as well. Well, there's certain like, yeah. confessions that are cl- like I watched a confession being forced, you know, like it it is clearly a forced confession. Well, like I said, I think the case is more complicated. Yes. I'm not saying yeah. that they're, that those guys are like 100%. I'm just saying it was presented it was just like so so obvious and i think there there were key elements of information they left out i i got to find this cuz this happened early on in the days of reality shows and i i think it would be almost impossible to find but i always remember this brilliant little special about reality show editing that came out yes the reality of reality oh is that what it was called? oh is that what it was yeah. called? that and it had the guys from big brother in pitching a show that thing yes i that i was, bring this up a lot too that was a brilliant moment. So they, so on season two of Big Brother, it was Dr. Will, who was – is he still hot? He was so fucking hot. Remember him? I don't know. Yeah, Do- I remember. So um, they had Dr. Will, and then remember he was friends with that guy, Boogie, or whatever his name was, Mike Boogie. Sure. And they have them come in and pitch a television show in front of a bunch of executives, and they show, right. they show in one case how they go in and they pitch a show – and then they make it look like these executives are just eating it up, think it's the greatest thing of all time, right? Yeah. And then they say, look, now we're going to take the same footage, and they're going to make them bomb. And it's right. the same footage, but it's like literally the executives are like, that's when they would have that, like, RuPaul's like, you know, like that rattle that they have? Like, the executives are yeah. like, they're pitching the show, and the executives are just like, Looking at yeah, their watch. Yeah, see them, like, just looking at, the, yeah, at their watches. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, like, it's the same footage, but they've just manipulated the evidence to make it whatever they want it to be. Right. So. And I, I use that a lot to kind of explain how, I, I even think they showed, like, raw footage, positive outcome, negative outcome. Yeah, I think like you're it, right. We saw it all. It was really good. Um, do you have any news stories that you want to talk no. about, Joey? I barely had I barely had personal story. Like what I should have just dropped the zoot suit story. The Jordan Darling story turned into a story. What do you got uh going on next week? Um I'm supposed to see my cousin Richard do poetry tonight. I'm gonna I'm I'm I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm going to that. But also some I got a reminder of some event I'm supposed to go to right before that, and it's down the street, which makes it hard to avoid. But I have no idea what the event is. I don't think I'm going to go. It just said, like, see you tonight. And I don't know what it is. Are you going to get out tonight, maybe? I'm going to go see Get Out maybe right after we record. So basically, remember that work I told you I was going to do? That's never going to happen. And then, um, 
Uh, uh, I'm going to see maybe try to see Get Out. Going to go see Richard's poetry thing. And then this weekend, I don't really have any plans. But you know, as you know, that always turns into something. Yeah, what about you? I'm excited to hear about it. Nothing. I'm Same as you. I think something will happen. Steve and I are going to hang out. We know that. But that's pretty much it. I got a lot of work shit, too. Yeah. Um. That's it. Boring. <laughs> well, cool. next week's show is going to be so good. Well, Joey, it was really nice catching up with you. Uh, go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid. <laughs>